Welcome to the podcast. I'm a project manager and software engineer working with blockchain technology. This is a place where I discuss all things related to business, entrepreneurship, and travel from an international perspective, ranging from studying a foreign language to hiring freelancers to building a blockchain company. Each episode features new insights from the leaders I meet, the books I read, and the places I go. So, without further delay, here's today's episode. Start a business for $10,000. Have you heard that before? I think it was Mark Cuban who said that instead of spending $40,000 in a year or maybe over the course of your entire college career, going to college, spending that money, instead, what may work better for some, if not many, is to take that same money that you'd spend in college, especially if you're looking for business experience, and start four businesses with that same money. When it comes to this spending, with $10,000 to start a business, this was in the context, and oftentimes if you see an article online, this is in the context of starting a business within the United States. But what I want to suggest to you is that there are ways that you can have that $10,000 go farther, to do more work, to get more out of it. Because when you're spending money and starting a business, you expect a certain amount of output, a certain amount of work to be performed for that money. But even if you were to think, where can you go within your state, your city, to have the best bang for your buck, as it's said, where can you go for that? You intuitively think of places where you can buy the same product, but for less money, depending on which store you go to. The same products that the exact same product that you can buy at, say, Target or Whole Foods, in some cases, you can purchase at a dollar store or a Dollar Tree store. So that's the idea here. Spending the same amount of money, but having that dollar go further depending on where you are. So let's first break this down according to location within the United States. The biggest, the countries that, or the states within the U.S. that you might think of where you are going to have the worst return on the dollars you spend, where it's going to cost the most to get the same amount of work done. The places that I immediately think of are New York City and LA or Silicon Valley, that area. These are places where wages are very high, but costs of living are also very high. And, and typically, taxes are also very high. So where might you go within the United States besides that to have the dollar go further? You can see the migration of companies out of some of these states that have higher corporate taxes or higher personal income taxes to states that have, say, no state income tax or low corporate tax rates for businesses. For example, a lot of companies of late moving to different parts of Texas. Austin and Dallas stand out to me in particular. Now, this is the idea. Going to where you can spend to get the most out of your dollar. Now, take that for a moment. Instead of thinking within the United States, think instead around the world. Where around the world can you go to spend the same amount of money but have more work performed from it? Before you think of where that would be, think first what that would potentially mean. It would mean that instead of 
starting one business with $10,000, you could potentially start two, three, four, five businesses with the same $10,000. Oftentimes on this podcast, I discuss stories that I have uh, stories from meeting people who are working as Uber drivers or Lyft drivers. And I hear typically they're working this job in addition to another job. And in one case, or in a few cases, somebody's driving Uber or Lyft as while they're retired to get out of the house to have to do something. Well, the most recent Uber driver that I drove with, I think it was Lyft instead of Uber. The driver was from the Philippines and he was describing to me how expensive everything is within the United States and thinking of if he just had the salary or the, the pay that he had in the United States, or if he saved up a certain amount, how he would be able to live with a certain quality of life back in the Philippines. There was that, there, there it was emphasized to me thinking about the value of the dollar depending on where you are, what that same purchasing power does for you depending on where you're located. So now that you have this idea of choosing a location where you can get the most out of your dollar, and then thinking not just in the context of the United States, but around the world, consider that if you are interested, or if you've had an idea for starting a business, and perhaps you've had the idea of where you can go in order to obtain an entrepreneurship visa, where you can go in order to be able to live in another country, with, but still have visa sponsorship, because that's one of the components you need to think about if you're trying to live abroad outside the bounds of a travel visa, going to countries that have a different, a, a different value proposition for what you're spending, a different, where, where the dollar you have goes a different distance than it does in the United States. That's something that I want to encourage you to consider before or in the process of deciding where you might start your next venture. Or in the case of you have, you, you have yet to go to college or you're thinking college isn't for you or you have gone, but you want to get more business experience. Where might you go? Consider even leaving the United States in order to start a business somewhere else to get more concentrated work and experience for the same dollar. If you, if you were to go to a community college or go to any college within the United States and you could choose between one college and another college, there was no material difference between the two except one cost $40,000 and the other cost $120,000. No difference, no difference in clout, in teaching quality, anything of that nature, just, just the price difference and, and perhaps location. What would, which one would you go with? It would be a more financially prudent decision to go to the university, the institution that costs less. So why not apply that same reasoning to trap to starting a company in another country? If you're curious about what this would look like, the first thing that you can do, the first thing that you can search, is simply to start typing entrepreneurship visa and then type in the name of the country that you're interested in. For example, Cambodia, the Philippines, Malaysia, Panama. See what it would cost in order to start up a company there 
or at least that initial dollar investment that you need to come with in order to obtain an entrepreneurship visa. You may find that you are able to have a more cost-effective experience and get the benefit of working internationally by pursuing such a route or path instead of doing what might be typical or assumed as the, what, the way to go if you were to do this within the United States. Now, I am not in that position where I'm thinking, where can I go internationally in order to get that business experience? I've been working for a company, a startup that is based in Gibraltar and Berlin. And so I've spent, I spent most of this year, if there was a country that I spent most, the most time in, it was in Germany, in Berlin, working for this startup. So I'm developing that international experience in a different way. But one thing that I've found from this experience and something that I've developed from recognizing the difference in how far your dollar can go is when it comes to freelancers. Now, I've talked often on the podcast about working with freelancers through Upwork.com. This has been my go-to place. There are plenty of other sites where you can find freelancers. I think freelancer.com is one of the examples. There are a number of them. But I've been using Upwork.com and I initially used Upwork for, I think it was simply for reviewing an essay, an application essay for a college. I I went on to use Upwork.com for hiring an audio engineer and hiring a multitude of other kinds of freelancers who had different talents in order to get work done for me in some capacity, whether it be reviewing an essay, whether it be mixing audio, whether it be color correcting photos, whether it be offering leadership advice or reviewing my CVs or resume, any of these things, these are services that I've sought freelancers for. In one of the cases, I hired a former VP from Shell who was in Sweden at the time just for a single hour video conference where I could pick his brain and ask about the industry, ask about leadership and getting into leadership within the industry. These are all things, other stories that you can listen to on other podcasts. But what I've done, recognizing the the difference in the value of the dollar and how far it goes, depending on where you're located, I have leveraged freelancers from other places around the world who, what to me, being on a being on a budget, trying to see, not just being on a budget, but also seeing how far my, my single dollar or a dollar can go, I've found freelancers in other countries who, have, who offer their services at hourly rates that are, or at hourly rates that are competitive for them where they're located, but are more manageable for me in, in paying, in affording them, affording their services. So one of the things that I've hired for recently outside of the podcast specifically, are personal assistants. I named, the, I named the job posting Executive Administrative Assistant when I created it on Upwork. I posted that, had people apply to the job, and then when they apply, they answer a few questions that I set up. They read, they read all of the text material that I create about what the job is going to be like. I'm very particular about what I say in the job description so that way there is as much clarity up front as possible, trying to set expectations from the beginning. And then they say what their proposed hourly rate is if I choose the job to be an hourly job. And because this is something that I would be hiring as an assistant for continued work that is sporadic, an hourly rate seems to be most conducive for this type of job. So what I ended up doing is hiring six or seven freelancers for this job, and they all 
first participated in a bit of a trial, but since then, I've worked with, I work with three consistently, three freelancers consistently, and then a group of two others that, or two others that work that are are not as consistent in the in the work that they perform because they are at a bit of a higher rate, an hour higher higher hourly rate. And with the the different hourly rate, there's a difference in quality of the work performed. But and I I. I send out questions. I ask for research to be done or work to be performed in varying degrees, depending on the complexity, to each freelancer according to what I understand them to be able to perform, partly dependent on their their command of English, partly dependent on the skills that they've developed, their own maturity within the business world. So the freelancers that I have right now, most frequently, one one is based in Pakistan, one is based in Kenya, and one is based in the Philippines. The other two, the other two freelancers, one is based, I believe, in the UK and the other in Hong Kong, but is from Russia. So these are the freelancers that I tend to go to now when it comes to performing research. I call the position executive administrative assistant because this is related to some of the work. I envisioned the job as not just involving research specifically, answering, sending people out to answer questions for me, but also for me to be able to offload some of the work, the busy work that I do that me recognizing that my time is worth a certain amount if I dedicate it to something that I've developed my own competency in, recognizing that and seeing what the hourly rate is for somebody else to do work, I see that I end up having a a net positive if I offload some of this work to some of these freelancers. For example, taking some some, uh, data sets that I have and converting it from an Excel spreadsheet into a JSON data, data structure or taking receipts that I have scanned and naming them and organizing them into with, with, with according to certain parameters that I want. These are just some examples that I had considered. Or in one case, finding, uh, finding freelancers in a particular city that are available for this and this day, between this and this hour, in order to perform the, whatever service that they, ha- that they performed as a freelancer um, and basically book the appointment. An, exec- an administrative assistant in handling my calendar. So these are all services I envision associated with this position. But what I've done instead or alongside this, primarily is hiring people to perform research for me. When I say research, it means I come up with a question that I want answers to. And it means Google searching, going to a library, calling people, that general search. When you think, I want want a question answered, or I want to learn about fill in the blank. Typically, the first place you go is Google. And you, you ask the question. Now, what I want, oftentimes what I want when I'm answer, uh, asking these questions is I want lists, I want to create a list or I want a list to be created for me with answers to this question or examples related to the question that I'm asking. And I've found that with some of the freelancers, uh, been able to find that with the freelancers that I've hired when I ask them to perform research for me. I've steadily worked with them, including paid training t- to create documents in a markdown format according to basically the specifications that I provide up front. And here's how I want documents prepared. Here's the kind of research that I want to perform. Uh, Here's how much time you should spend per question. Here's the amount of time that I'm allocating for the entire assignment per assignment. And this is what I want you to do at the very end in order to tell me about your progress and to see where you can go from here when it comes to further research? Where might you go if you had more time to spend on further research? So through that, 
process, I've been able to have a lot of questions answered, a lot of time that I would have spent otherwise Googling and researching that I've been able to offload to these freelancers, get the questions answered, but then focus on my own work. After all, I'm working for this startup right now based in, I'm in the United States, back from Germany, but I was in Germany and I'm still working for this company. So we don't have much funding yet. We've announced registration for the platform, but we don't have that. We have limited resources and I have limited time in order to see this succeed. So what do I do in the meantime? I'm spending as much time as I can, seven days a week, working on this startup, working on the technology, especially aspect of this startup. So what do I do if I want questions answered? If I have things that, that bug me, that stand out to me, that think, I wish I had answers to these things. I want these things answered. What do I do? I reach out to this team of freelancers online through Upwork in order to get these, in order to get a detailed report of the questions answered in a way that's not expensive, in a way that is relatively cost-effective, which still allows me to get the answers that I want and also to save and also to continue doing the work that I'm best at right now. That is working in all things related to technology for this startup. So this example that I have with freelancers can be something that you implement, or it could be the case that you're looking at college and instead of going to college or to business, uh, business school in particular, you can take the same money that you would spend and go to another country and start the business there. The point is, looking from an, with an international perspective of how you can have more bang for your buck, how you can have your, your dollar go further to get more experience and to get more, ultimately get more work done, whichever way you choose, or however you might find a way to leverage, other, um, to leverage other people around the world in order to do whatever, to get back to that thing, your core competency, whatever that is, to get back to it, focus on that and succeed at that with, as, with less wasted time, more efficiency, and ultimately more productivity. If you have any experience hiring freelancers from around the world or going to another country where you have specifically done this very thing, where you've taken the money that you've earned within the United States or in one country and taken it to another country, comment below, share your experience, dialogue about this. And maybe there were pitfalls to that experience that, that I'm not foreseeing or that I haven't experienced so far when it comes to freelancers, or there are things that... I haven't mentioned some benefits that I haven't mentioned that you did experience that you want to share with others to encourage them along. Comment below, let me know, get the conversation going. And in one of these podcasts coming up, I'm going to tell you a story about not only hiring a freelancer through Upwork, but hiring a freelancer through LinkedIn back when I was in Malta. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. I post articles based on these episodes on Medium, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You're welcome to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, where I steadily post live videos. Please like, comment, and subscribe, and consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes and Google Play. It's quick, and it helps the podcast continue to operate. Check in each week for new episodes. I'm Johan Lilly, and this has been the Consultancy Podcast. Consultancy Podcast.